0: Good morning, Crosspoint. Happy Easter, or happy Resurrection Day, as we call it. Glad to have you with us this morning. Special guest. I met some first-timers this morning already. And uh, we're glad to have you with us. We want to get started, before I get into the message itself, by just giving you a couple of things that are going to happen starting next week. I begin a brand new series. Well, let me back up a second. We just completed a series from a Saddleback Community Church. You may have heard of this guy. His name is Rick Warren. Uh, he did a, a series a couple of years ago. It took him two years to complete it, and then he made it available to all the churches called 50 Days of Transformation. And we looked at seven key areas of our lives. And uh, then we just completed that. Now we're asking the question, what next? Uh, how do we put that into use? And so our series next week is, how should I live in this world? What kind of worldview should I have? So that starts next week. Hope you'll be a part of it. Write this date down. Sunday, May the 12th. Same time, 10 a.m. Our next big event is Mother's Day, and we want to bless our mother's lives. And we want the kids coming to see mom and bless mom's life on that day, right? So mark that day, and I'd uh, love to have you come back for that. See, I grew up in a church that didn't really make a big deal about Easter. But you know what I discovered over the years as I was growing up? Easter is a really big deal. It's huge. Dr. Luke put it this way. In Luke 24, verse 1, he said, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, The women took the spices. What spices? Why do you need spices? He's dead. And they go, well, back on Good Friday, he was buried, but we didn't do a proper job of getting him in the grave. So they're going back to complete the sort of Jewish way of embalming, if you will. So what does that tell us that they're bringing spices for a dead man? They're not expecting him to rise from the grave, are they? They weren't looking for it. That's why the spices are there. They had prepared and they went to the tomb. And on their way to the tomb, they're kind of wondering, how are we going to roll that stone away? But when they got there, they found that the stone was already rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men, these are angels, all right, clothed, Uh, in clothes that gleamed like lightning, stood beside them. And they were frightened. These women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? That's a pretty good question, isn't it? He's not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee? Watch this the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men. That happened on Friday. Be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. It's now Sunday. Then, when? Then they remembered His words. It's the resurrection, friends, that makes the distinction between Jesus Christ and any other man on earth. It's the resurrection that Makes a huge distinction between him and any other religious leader on the earth. Every other religious leader lived, died, and was buried and stayed buried. But this one. Ever heard of Confucius? The uh, founder of Confucianism? He died at age 72. He's buried in China. You can go visit his grave if you want to. Buddha died at age 83 in Nepal. Muhammad died in 632 A.D. in Medina, Saudi Arabia. And millions make a pilgrimage to go see this dead guy's grave. Joseph Smith was killed in Carthage, Illinois in 1844. Charles Russell, the founder of the Jehovah Witnesses, died of a heart attack on a train in 1916 in Pittsburgh. L. Ron Hubbard died in 1986 in San Luis Obispo you can go to any grave of any religious leader and you'll find them still in their grave. You go to the tomb of Jesus and guess what? It's empty. I suppose the the tomb of Jesus is the one place that people travel to from all over the world to see what's not there. This is not there. On the third day, the tomb was open, the tomb was empty. Now, Believe me, the religious leaders and the Romans did everything they could to keep that body in the grave. If they could have, they would have. As a matter of fact, they even placed a Roman guard to prevent grave robbers, to prevent anything from going wrong. And yet, still on the third day, that tomb was open and it was empty. If, it, if they could have produced a body and brought it out in the streets, maybe took it to the marketplace and said, There, there's your God. You know what? Christianity never would have got off the ground. I mean, you and I certainly wouldn't be here, right? Because if there's no resurrection, why show up? He's just another dead guy. And you might even think the worst kind, he was a liar because he claimed to be God and then he didn't rise from the dead. Or he was a lunatic. But the fact of the matter is, he was Lord and he rose on the third day, just as he said he would. And he not only rose, but then he appeared to the women first, and then to the twelve, and then to over 500 people at once, For and, and then people after people, man after man, woman after woman, for about 40 days, until... Everybody was saying, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And the word spread. Would you say with me, Jesus is alive. Here we go. Jesus is alive. And that's why you're here. And that's why I'm here today. Because of an empty tomb. A resurrection from the grave. And that means I can look forward to that. Now, I want us to take a look at the kind of attitude it would take for Jesus to leave his place in heaven and then come to earth on our behalf. In the next few minutes. And the Bible says we should have that same attitude in us. Look at Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. Who being in the very nature God. Who is Jesus? God. Did not consider equality with God something to be grasped. In other words, He didn't hang on to it. He never gave up His deity. But He took on humanity. He gave up His rights to be In God form only. He became a God-man, if you will. 100% God, 100% man. But made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, just like us, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient, obedient to death, even death on a cross. That just means Jesus had everything in his hand that God had. And he didn't grasp it so tightly that he wasn't willing to come for you and for me. Let me tell you something, folks. Earth was not exactly Jesus' number one vacation destination. I mean, I can't imagine him getting real excited about saying, you know what, I can't wait to be born in a stable with a bunch of smelly animals and then hang out with a bunch of smelly fishermen and then... To almost starve to death. Remember, he went 40 days without eating. And then great temptation. Yeah, it's going to be really cool to almost starve. That's going to be great. And then that Passion Week. Oh, can't wait for that. That's going to be really cool to get beaten. Crown of thorns. Nailed to a cross. You say, well, why did he do it then? Well, he looked past the cross. Some 2,000 years and he saw you. He saw you. Yeah, I know, I know it's going to be painful coming to earth. And I know that cross isn't going to be the most comfortable thing. And the worst thing of all about the cross was not the pain that the cross inflicted on a human body, But the separation from his Father, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I'll tell you why he forsook him. Because of you. Your sins were being imputed into Jesus' body on that cross. And God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. And so God had to withdraw his presence. Oh, can you imagine being Jesus in human form, having never been separated from the Father, and then for the first time, my sin caused him to be separated. That's the true pain. But He did it for you. He did it for me. He looked 2,000 years into the future, and He left that place in heaven because of you. And He let go of His grasp on heaven so He could grasp hold of you. That's what we're calling today's message, the God who reaches out. Now some of you are here thinking, in your heads right now, you're you're not... arguing out loud with the preacher because you're being polite, but in your head you're going something like this. Well, Bruce, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. I'm sure God doesn't want someone like me with all of my hurts, with all of my habits, with all of my hang-ups. Well, let me say something to you right now. You are dead wrong. If you don't get anything else out of today's message, I want you to get this. There is nothing that you could ever do that would make God stop loving you. Nothing. Nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing. And some of you are going, well, wow, man, that that just sounds too good to be true. To which I say, I know it sounds too good to be true. I agree with you. But it is. It is. And you need to accept that if you want a breakthrough in your life. You need to change the channel and say, stop looking at the bad and start looking at what the good Jesus offers to me today. That's what Easter is all about. A new life. A new beginning. Being brand new once again. You know, John Maxwell, I don't know if you know who this is, preacher guy, leadership, big on all that stuff, pastor of the church for many years somewhere in San Diego, I think it's called Skyline. He tells a story about how he went to Nordstrom's and he purchased a brand new blazer. And uh, it's one of those things where, you know, when you buy something and then you take it home and the more you wear it, the less you like it. And you kind of wonder, did I make a mistake in buying this? You know, you got to think, you know, it's not quite the right color and it tended to collect a lot of lint. And yet he continued to wear it for about six months and then finally kind of got fed up with it, went to his closet, hung it up, way in the back of the closet, And he left it there for about a year. Because in the back of his mind was this famous Nordstrom's unconditional guaranteed return policy that he'd heard of. And about a year later, he went back to his closet, and he saw that blazer, and he thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it back. And he takes it back to Nordstrom's, goes to the men's department. There he's met by a very nice gentleman. And the gentleman says, well, how can I help you today? And John Maxwell went through his story and says, you know, I'm about to put your famous Nordstrom's unconditional return policy to the test. And then he told him about how he bought it, didn't really like it, wasn't the right color, collected dust, and how it, he had worn it, you know, for about six months and kind of wore it out a little bit, and then hung up in his closet for the last year and told him the whole story. And then he got, he says, I'd just like to trade it in for a new blazer. And then he got real quiet. And you know what the salesman said to him? Well, for heaven's sakes, man, what took you so long? Let's go get you a new blazer. And John walked out of there with a brand new blazer on. Didn't cost him a penny. Unconditional guarantee. Oh, and I heard that story. I thought, Lord Jesus Christ, isn't that so like you? And isn't that old worn out blazer so like us? You know, we're we're worn out, We're, we're, we're infected with, we tend to collect lint like sin, we're all messed up, but Lord, if you want us back, we'll come back, is your guarantee good? And God says, come on home, the guarantee is for you, and that's what Easter's all about. God's guarantees are unconditional. His return policy is unconditional. You just need to cooperate with the policy and come on home today. Easter's a good time to come home to our God who loves you and who wants you. Why does He want us? Well, Max Lucado puts it like this. Look at the screen. Because God's love never ceases. Never. Never. Though we spurn him, ignore him, reject him, despise him, disobey him, he will not change. Our evil cannot diminish his love. Our goodness cannot increase it. Our faith does not earn it any more than our stupidity jeopardizes it. God doesn't love us less if we fail or more if we succeed. God's Love never ceases. That's why God, that's why Jesus didn't grasp his hold in heaven. He let go of it to grasp on to you. Because his love never ceases. And can you imagine the the transition that would take for God to become a man? I guarantee it's greater than if a man decided to become an an ant. God becoming a man. He came for us. Verse 7 says, But he made himself nothing. Philippians 2 7. Taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, just like us, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death. What kind of death? Even a death on a cross. Sometimes people ask me, Bruce, how did he become a man? And you know what my answer is? I don't know. I mean, I know the story. I know the Immaculate Conception. I know the Holy Spirit thing. But exactly how it happened, I don't know. But I do know the why He became a man. He became a man for you and for me. So He can relate to us. And so He can die for us. You know, the blood of bulls and goats... Don't cover human beings. If if we were cows, I guess God would have came as a cow and died for us. But we're human beings, so He had to come as a human being to die for us, right? Human blood. A man's blood. To cover mankind. But why? John 3.16 For God so loved who? The world That's you, that's me. That he gave his one and only son, monogenes, one of a kind, unique. That whoever believes, you see that word whoever? Would you just put your name in there right now? Whoever in your mind, see your name. For God so loved Bruce. For God so loved you, your name. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have what kind of life? The eternal kind. That's the kind of life I want. The eternal kind. It's a, it's a concept I can't even fathom. It just keeps going and going and going and going. The idea that I'm an everlasting eternal being because of my faith in Jesus is mind-blowing to me. But it's real. Back to Philippians 2, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus didn't come to earth to die in a boat. Jesus didn't come to earth to die of old age. He came to die on a cross. And that's exactly what He did. He died on a cross so you could go to heaven. Therefore, you don't have to die on a cross to go to heaven. Jesus already did that for you. Therefore, God exalted Him to the highest place and gave Him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus... Every knee shall bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, if we could see with our mind's eye up into heaven, this morning, Easter Sunday, 2019, you know what you would see? you would see Jesus reaching down to you, extending His hand to you. He would, he would reach out His hand, just like this. He would want you to come to Him. One more slide. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. See, I like the artist's rendition of this. i got three pictures. The third one's coming up. He's reaching down to you. He's reaching out to you this morning. Now, here's the last question. Will you reach up to Him? Remember I said Good Friday salvation's a free gift. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't pay for it. But it's not automatic either. You've got to cooperate with God's plan. If He's reaching down to you, guess what you've got to do? Reach up to Him. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that this morning. Yesterday was a fun day. We did something here at our church that was called One Empty Egg. I don't ever remember doing anything like this on a Saturday. Uh, ever. In 40 years, anyway. They may have before that, but it was just one fantastic event that... Um, uh, let's see who, who who was it? Was it it was Destiny and her friend Leslie and their team? Too many names to remember. Put together an event for the neighborhood for your guests to come, and you know Mike got up here and shared a little thing about the empty egg with the kids. Asked some Bible questions, uh, and, and he gave out gifts, T-shirts. He gave out little wristbands from cross point, he gave out little crosses to the kids that they could answer the questions. But the key he told a story about Jesus and what Easter's all about. And the point that he emphasized in the empty egg idea is Easter's not about eggs, it's about what? The empty. And so what are you putting your faith in this morning? I want to close with this question. How are you going to get from this planet to heaven? I want off this planet, and there's only one way to get off this planet and get to heaven. How do you plan on doing it? Through your own strength? What are you counting on? Your own ability? You know, Some of you may got a raise this year. On your bank account? I'm counting on the empty. It's not about the egg, it's about the empty. I'm counting on the one who emptied himself from heaven to grasp onto you. I'm counting on the one who emptied himself from a tomb so that one day my tomb will be open. My tomb will be empty. There is no other place where salvation is found except in Jesus. Amen? Now my Lord and Savior loves you. He does. He wants you to come home to Him today. If you've been far away... You've known Him at one time like that prodigal. It's just one step back. If you've never made a decision, maybe you've gone Easter after Easter and you've never made a decision for Christ, let today be your day. Today is the day of salvation, the Bible says. Do not pass up this opportunity. You're not going to make it off this planet on your own. There's only one way off to get into heaven, and that is through Jesus. And so quit fighting Him. Quit quibbling with Him. He's reaching down to you. Will you reach up to Him? Now here's what I want us all to do. Every head bowed right now. Bow your heads with me. Every eye closed. We're going to take a moment. We're going to talk to God this morning about what you've heard. You know, there's a day coming. A real day. Where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Now you can do that today in love In ingratitude. Or when it's too late, when he returns, you'll be doing it in regret. You don't want that to happen. Are you ready for that day? Today is the day of salvation. Reach out your hand and heart to Jesus who loves you, who died for you, who lives for you, and wants you to live with him forever. Cooperate with his plan today. He said, "Well, Bruce, how do I do that?" The Bible says, "You believe, and you receive." When you believe Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and you receive Him as your Lord and Savior, then the Bible says, "You become children of God." The one who emptied Himself, that very one, invites you to come to Him. Don't let another Easter go by without taking hold of His resurrection power. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is your day with every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to lead a prayer, and if you're going to accept this prayer as your own, I want you to claim it today. You don't have to say it out loud, but you might want to agree with these words in your heart. God, I don't understand it all, but I understand enough to know that I can't get off this planet without You. I can't make it into heaven without You. I've learned enough from the cross and the empty tomb to know that You're the only way to heaven. And yes, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I try to cover it up. I try to hide it. I try to cover with maybe doing things I shouldn't do, maybe acting in ways I shouldn't act. But in reality, Father, I don't have my life altogether. I'm a mess, but I want to be Your mess today. I'm ready to cooperate with Your plan. I accept your love, I accept your forgiveness, I believe and I receive your son Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Make me one of your children. Now if you prayed that prayer, every head bowed, every eye closed still, if you prayed that prayer, I want you here in just a moment to raise your hand and let the the hand raising, you don't have to keep it up, but Maybe come up and maybe go down. Let it be a sign that you're reaching up to Jesus who's reaching down for you. If you would at this time, if you're receiving Jesus, maybe you've been away and now you're coming back, or you've never accepted him even for the first time, let today be your day, every head bowed, every eye closed. Would you raise your hand? I see your hand. Yes, I see your hand. I see yours and yours. And on the right side, three or four, five, six, seven, eight, over here on the left. Another half a dozen. Another one right here. Another one right there. Two more up front. Thank you. The balcony. I see another hand. I see this hand here. This one stretched out. Another one going up. Another one going up. Some making a commitment for the first time. Some reaching out to God saying, I've been away, but I've been too far away. I want to come back. Thank you. I see your hands back there. Thank you. And over here. Some of you think, thinking, should I raise my hand? Should I open my heart to God today? Don't resist the Spirit. If He's telling you to do it, do it. We're about to close. Thank you. Heavenly Father, thank you for every hand and every heart that reached out to you today. Bless them. Lead them. Guide them to their next step on their spiritual journey. And what an exciting journey that's going to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Now look up here at me. I want you to look at me for a moment. Those of you that raised your hands, those of you that made a commitment uh, for the first time today, and those of you that have been away and you've come back, I want you to tell somebody. Would you tell somebody what you did today? And, and, and perhaps some of our leaders at the church, maybe some of our elders, or the pastors, will be hanging around. And, and we want to help you with your next step. We want to get you plugged in. And if you want to learn how to grow and know what Jesus was like, join us next Sunday. We'd love to have you. God bless you. I think Mike already mentioned that there's going to be some baptisms this morning. And Mike's going to be handling those. Uh, I know that some we know about. There may be others that the Holy Spirit has just spoken to you and has said, you know what? You've been a believer a long time. You've just never taken that step to put Christ on in baptism. Well, today can be your day as well. Mike, come on up. He's going to be handling the baptisms. And if you're here today, Mike, I'm not even sure the best way to handle this, but good luck, all right?